This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon. You're listening to Live and Learn with me, Dashran Johan. MISES, or the inaugural Malaysia International Agri-Commodity Expo and Summit 2022, will be taking place at the Malaysia International Trade and Exhibition Centre from the 26th to 28th July. The event will showcase an exhibition of in-demand commodity products, services and -and up-and-coming agri-technology. Joining me on the show today to discuss agri-commodity and MISES is Dato Ravi Mutaya. He's the Secretary General of the Ministry of Plantation Industries and Commodities. Welcome to the show, Dato Ravi. Uh, thank you, Dashran. Thank you very much. Thank you for coming on the show. So before we get into the meat of the topic, Dr. Ravi, I just want to ask you, for those who may not understand this at all, what exactly is agri-commodity? Basically, in agriculture, there are two sectors that normally we talk about. One is the agro-food commodities, that's in relation to food. Whereas the agri-commodities are crops that are that are used for industrial purposes, to provide raw materials for industrial purposes. For example, it relates to oil palm. I think most of you know what is oil palm. You see big plantations everywhere on the highway, left, right, everywhere. And secondly, we have the rubber. Rubber, rubber, rubber trees that we plant for latex. And we also have timber and wood sectors. So those those are the three main sectors. And we have other smaller sectors, agri-commodities, whereby uh, they are cocoa, cocoa, pepper, you know, pepper, and as well as canaf. So these are the agri-commodities sectors. Basically, they are perennial crops. Right. Perennial crops meaning they are planted for more than a year and can sustain, for example, oil pump can sustain more than 25 years, as well as rubber, about 20 to 25 years. And cocoa also can go more than that. So these are more of a perennial crop that we plant on a plantation scale. And and most of it are, for example, the oil pump sector, they are driven by large companies and as well as smallholders. So we have the element of smallholders who are involved in this plantation uh, commodities, or rather we call it agri-commodities. So to give it a unique uh, ref- reference and to set and to differentiate it from the agro-food commodities, which is under the Ministry of uh, Agriculture and Food Industries. Whereas the agri-commodities come under the jurisdiction of the Ministry of Plantation Industries and Commodities. And we have specific agencies that look after each of those crops. Right. So now that you've broken down the agri, what's agri-commodity, what is the policy which outlines the industry in Malaysia? Basically, we have a policy... Uh, recently, we have uh, formulated a policy. It is known as the National Agri-Commodity Policy uh, 2030. So in this policy, it will guide the whole development and the way forward for the agri-commodity uh, sector. So, and and just to give you a brief uh, uh, explanation on the policy. So the policy that we have now focuses on five main thrusts. Firstly, is on to ensure sustainability of the agri-commodities, meaning to say that whatever we do, whenever we develop uh, agri-plantation commodity, we have to take into account the issue of sustainability. As you know, sustainability is the main issue when you talk about market access, and we don't want our products to be linked with 
things like deforestation, climate change, which are quite sensitive, or rather other social issues such as forced labors, forced labor rights and all that. So, so we need to decouple ourselves from that. So sustainability in terms of environment, in terms of uh, workers' uh, rights, as well as ensuring that the whole value chain is sustainable huh? so that we, we, we are able to optimize uh, the, the value from the plantation commodities. And in relation to this, we also tie up with circular economy, meaning to say the byproduct of one industry can be a raw material or input for another industry. So that will add value to our uh, uh, agri-commodity industry. And that is the first trust. And secondly, we focus on ensuring productivity. Productivity where we hope to achieve it through research and R&D, research and development, as well as innovation and the adoption of uh, technology such as, such as the fourth industrial revolution, where all this will contribute uh, to the increase in productivity and as such optimize our land return. Uh, and, and that will give the, especially the smallholders, a sustainable uh, income for them. And uh, the other thrust we are focusing on through this agri-commodity policy is on value generation. Value generation meaning that we do not uh, sell our products in the form of raw material or semi-processed category. Yeah? So what we do is we, we try to bring these raw materials right to the downstream processing where we can value add, value add more and ensure that through this value addition, we can increase our export earning. And fourthly, we, we focus on market development. As, as, a, as a small country and, and for example, palm oil, palm oil itself, you know, our local consumption is only about 1 million in terms of cooking oil. So what do we do? We have 20 million tons. So what we do is we need to find a market for our agri-commodities. And, and most of our market together with Indonesia, I think we form about 80% of the supply of this uh, vegetable or rather edible oil uh, for the whole market. And we are looking into exploring uh, traditional market, strengthening traditional market, as well as looking for new opportunities in new, new markets. Uh. For example, uh, in the Middle East and North Africa region, as well as uh, in on the landlocked areas of uh, like uh, Afghanistan, Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan, than those right. countries, which, which also offer a, a big potential for our vegetable oil. And lastly, the fifth thrust to ensure that, uh, to ensure inclusive, inclusivity, meaning to say, we want to ensure that all the stakeholders uh, along the value change to benefit. Huh? We don't want just the downstream people make more profit, whereas upstream uh, people upstream, meaning those involved in the growing and the planting of those crops, uh, are not given that kind of uh, return. Huh? So, so this is to ensure that the 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 whole the stakeholders along the value chain, you know, they they gain from these activities. So there's there's a concept of sharing of wealth uh, in terms of inclusivity. So that is basically the uh, 
the five main trusts that we focus on our national agri-commodity policy. Right. Now, earlier you brought up um, something called smallholders. Now, as smallholders in the agri-commodity sector, they are the backbones of the of the commodities. So how the national uh, agri-commodity policy, which is uh, 2021 to 2030, um, DAK and 2030, how will it impact them as smallholders? Yeah, thank you, Dashran, for the question. See, let me define what is smallholders. Smallholders are basically those owning uh, farms of less than 40 hectares or rather 100 acres of land. So they are deemed uh, classified as smallholders. And smallholders, we have two types of smallholders, you know, to give you a perspective of what is smallholders. Probably most of our uh, listeners would have uh, heard about Felda, Felcra. Those are smallholders. You know, we have smallholders where, where normally they are called Organized smallholders, so they are under the supervision or under the care of these of these bodies, huh? like Felda or Felcra. Huh? So, and we have another group of smallholders. We call them as uh, the independent smallholders. That means they are not affiliated or under these uh, under these any of these entities. So they are independent. So there are two types of smallholders. Nevertheless, the what we intend to do with the with these smallholders are to, to so-called empower them, mm. to empower them through the setup of, uh, can be cooperatives, can be like uh, uh, clusters or, you know, help them in terms of contract farming. So, so you know, so to empower them in terms of uh, adoption of technology and and some of it are, uh, some of them are assisted through our agencies like our Malaysian Palm Oil Board or uh, Malaysia rubber board. And like for example, we also have the Malaysia cocoa board and and also the uh, Malaysia tobacco and kanaf board as well. So so these agencies will assist these smallholders in, in terms of uh, transfer of technology, in terms of uh, in uh, you know setting up of uh, cooperatives whereby they can go into more value-added activities. And this can be plow back and and help the smallholders in terms of uh, getting better income uh, from their involvement in this agri-commodity. And for smallholders, what is important is uh, we need to introduce to them in terms of the good agriculture practices. Right. And these good agriculture practices are important. And we for palm oil, for example, we do it through this Nation Sustainable Palm Oil Certification. So through this certification, it's not just a matter of certification, but they have to comply to all those uh, practices, the good farm practices, as well as the workers' right and other uh, environmental-related uh, uh, management. Right. So, so all this will help the smallholders to be more competent, huh? mm. more competent and skillful in what they do, and we do benefit them in terms of obtaining higher productivity, and uh, and this will help them to, with this certification, this will also help them to market their produce to, to those markets where, uh, you know, sustainability is an is a, is a, is a, is a important aspect for their products. So we also have prepared some safety net programs for them. Right. As you know, most of commodity prices tend to fluctuate. I think it's quite volatile. Right. Sometimes it goes up, and when it goes up, everybody is happy. But when it comes down, 
no it is always what can the government do right to to assist them so i think it's it's a natural thing uh, so so we what we hope to do is have the safety mechanism you know in case if the prices comes below certain level government assistance kicks in for example we have this uh, we call it incentive pengeluaran getah or latex uh, rubber production incentive if by if the price falls below the threshold of 2 ringgit 50 cents per kg then the assistant like the, for example it comes at 230 so we will uh, we will top them up with another 20 cents so making that to 250 so if if it's above the threshold threshold level then uh, we we will not in, intervene nah? the government not intervene but of course we have so many other safety net uh, programs uh, in place for these small this to so called safeguard and also to ensure that they continue to participate in these right. agri commodities uh, activities On the show with me today is Dr. Ravi Mutaya. He's the Secretary General of the Ministry of Plantation Industries and Commodities. After the break, I ask him how the ministry plans on integrating a circular economy into the production of agri commodities. Keep it here on Live and Learn, BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Live and Learn. I'm Dashran Johan and on the show with me today is Dr. Ravi Mutaya, Secretary General of the Ministry of Plantation Industries and Commodities. And we're talking about agri commodity and the inaugural Malaysia International Agri Commodity Expo and Summit 2022, also known as MISES. So, Dr. Ravi, the Ministry of Plantation Industries and Commodities um will be hosting the inaugural Malaysia International Agri Commodity Expo and Summit 2022 from the 26th to the 28th July at Mitek Kuala Lumpur. So what can we expect from this um, expo and summit in terms of accelerating progress towards the sustainable development goals? The Malaysia International Agri Commodity Expo and Summit or in short form is MISES. Yep. Uh, as you mentioned it be held at the Malaysia International Trade and Exhibition Center uh, in KL and see the purpose of this exhibition is to actually to showcase you no know, our agri commodity products and not only in terms of product but also the the R&D as well as the technology that is that is uh, involved uh, in the agri commodity sector and as you know Malaysia has been the, at the forefront of the agri commodity sector from the very beginning we were we were leading in terms of the rubber you know, rubber research institute then now we are also leading in the, in the in in palm oil and where this uh, the research agency responsible for this is malaysian palm oil board and we are also a malaysian palm oil uh, promotion council for also assisting in in this palm oil sector so with this uh, exhibition so we showcase our products our technology and our offerings and the services that we can share to other producing countries and and not only for is 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 about it's about encouraging them also to to move on the on the, on, on on the importance of sustainability right right so so we don't normally when we uh, when 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 the market says palm oil is bad and linked to deforestation although we follow the the so called the sustainability framework but then it it is but they tend to generalize 
tend to generalize that all palm oil produced are not sustainable. So we don't want that to happen. So through the Council of Palm Oil Producing uh, Countries, we have that uh, we have developed a global framework on uh, the sustainability of palm oil, so that that can be followed by other producing countries, and it will help eventually the whole uh, palm oil industry uh, globally. And apart from that, the this uh, mices, it helps us to build networking and uh, develop strategic alliance with the country and industry partners. Product is not just like selling it and just people buying it. So, yeah, there's a lot of things that goes into it, huh? in terms of, as, as I mentioned earlier, the labor rights, the environmental issues, you know, the sensitivity and of the product, the hygiene, right. the safety of the product, a lot of this go into play. So we need to let them know that our palm oil product or other products, including rubber and other agri-commodities like cocoa and pepper, or, you know, or the, the timber that we produce are all from sustainable sources. And we, we do it without you know, causing uh, further damage to the environment. Huh? And on top of that, these mices will also help us in terms of uh, undertaking business matching, business matching or right. industry matching, so that you no, know, so it gives us a platform for us to, you know, to to trade and also to offer and explain to them directly, uh, uh, you know, about our products and explain to them about products. And uh, as you know, with this post-COVID, uh, you know, uh, period, right? You know, so we have a lot of contractual obligation that we we are we are unable to meet, right? So contractual obligations that we have before uh, before COVID and then during COVID, we are unable to fulfill those obligations. Right. So it's, it's about renewing all those confidence back huh, about the agri-commodity uh, products that we have. Huh? And it also serves as a one-stop center to link investors, researchers, exporters, importers, and traders in, uh, uh, in the agri-commodity section. And to on top of that, we also have programs to share our knowledge and information uh, in the breakout session that we have for each of these uh, agri-commodity uh, sessions. So, and we have invited speakers from the industry as well as academician, as well as uh, other industry experts to come and to talk to us, you know, and share about us the latest uh, trend and outlook for the agri-commodity sector. Huh? So, so it is all being done in a package. And we have uh, the 39 countries will be participating and uh, uh, 16 of them will be from the African continent, the Middle East, about seven countries. And we have Southeast Asia and West Asia, including India, Bangladesh, Pakistan, Sri Lanka, all those countries will also be participating. And we have also other countries like UK and US uh, who will be participating. And there'll be about uh, 250 boots uh, will be displaying everything from R&D, the products, the innovation, the technology, the services, you know, the whole range of uh, product and services uh, that be related to agri-commodities. You know? uh, and, and, and some of it, we also invite, we also invite SMEs, uh, small and medium enterprises, to give them an opportunity to display some of their products. Uh, 
So these are generally basically uh, what will happen during the mysis, and it will run from 26 to 28 August. And I would like to uh, invite listeners, uh, do please drop in and have a look uh, for yourself at what Malaysia is doing at the international arena. Thank you. Absolutely. So, you know, the, the theme um, of this event, Dato Ravi, is um, advancing agri-commodity in a sustainable ecosystem. And, and so the, the whole, you know, it focuses on the efforts undertaken by Malaysia towards advancing the agri-commodity sector in Malaysia, but also on a global stage. Um, Dr. Ravi, in what sense can the ministry catalyze pathways in creating sustainable ecosystem and even integrating a circular economy into the production of agri-commodities? The theme of the event, as you mentioned, uh, advancing agri-commodity in a sustainable ecosystem. Uh, as, as you know, sustainability or sustainable, sustainability in, in every sense, la, or is, is, a, is a buzzword. You can't run away from it. Huh? And once you don't have the element of sustainability, market access will be difficult. We have, we have, uh, we have to, perception about our products is affected. So when perception is affected, it affects our access to market. And, 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 and they tend to link you up with so many things, uh, especially deforestation, as I mentioned earlier. And right. also how we contribute, how this agri-commodity somehow been perceived as contributing to climate change. Yeah? As you know, under the EU Green Deal, uh, all those uh, products that enter into their supply chain uh, must, be, must be from a sustainable origin. So, so whether it's, even though it's a supply chain is in the EU, but if, if the raw material is coming from another country out of the EU, you have to make sure that uh, that uh, uh, input or, or raw material or product coming into the supply chain must be sustainable. Right. And Malaysia has been practicing sustainability for a long time. Probably we have not been highlighting it, uh, so highlighting it uh, to show that we are into it. But actually, we have been doing this for a long time. And and as you know, in Malaysia, our about 5.8 million hectares of palm, uh, oil palm plantation about 95% of already been certified as nation as sustainable huh? under the nation sustainable palm oil certification scheme and that is a big achievement because for malaysia MSPO is a mandatory requirement you see it's a mandatory requirement is not an option where you can choose on to be in or out but we make it mandatory so that everyone must comply and adhere to on on on, on sustainable uh, management of plantation and you know, sustainable production and sustainable consumption as well. Eh? Right. So in the development of the national agri-commodity policy, so, so we have been uh, tailoring it in compliance with the United Nations Sustainable Development Goal 2030, eh? whereby it, you know, as you know, the, there are 17 goals in the SDG uh, 2030, and we make sure that all our products are uh, compliance uh, to these sustainable goals from upstream, midstream, and 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 downstream, you see, and 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 our MSPO is also been tailored to ensure that it complies with the sustainable development goal as well as other 
requirement of sustainable development requirement of the market. Uh, and for your information, the Malaysian Sustainable Palm Oil uh, Certification Scheme has now been revised and updated. So it is version two now. So we will improve our sustainable sustainability uh, through the improvement of this certification scheme. So, so developed countries, you know, they tend to, I mean, tend to say that our, our certification scheme do not comply with their sustainable certification scheme. But right. at least our efforts, our efforts from this part of the developing country should be given a due recognition now. It's a step that is that is important, step towards where we want to go, it is important rather than you know, uh, criticizing or saying that, oh, your product does not fulfill your requirement, but a opportunity, a chance should be given to, to this part of the world to, to, to go to their level as well. Huh? It is important, huh? as I mentioned, we need to delink our agri-commodity from all the bad perception about deforestation, harm, harming wildlife, contributing to climate change, forced labor, you know, all those things. So at the same time, it is a reminder for the industry that in whatever in whatever they do, they need to have this in their heart and make sure that uh, our products are sustainably produced and there's no issue huh, when it comes to market access and marketability of that product. Huh? All right, Dr. Ravi, before we wrap this conversation up, would you have a final message for us? As you know, the agri-commodity sector contributes, uh, for, for example, for last year itself, in terms of export value, we have contributed about 209 billion, uh, the highest or so 209 billion ringgit in 2021. You know? That is uh, the big achievement for the agri-commodity sector. And the agri-commodity sector is the second biggest export earner after the E&E sector or the electrical and electronic sector, you see? So a lot of people do not know about this sector and this sector offers huge potential. So currently, uh, most of our production is at the upstream and the midstream and a, a small percentage has gone to downstream. Right. So we need to increase the involvement of more businesses in the downstream sector so that we can enhance value addition. So it is a sector where we are also looking at uh, to make it as a professionally recognized uh, sector. You know? we, we should not see the agri-commodity sector as a sector where it is uh, you know, uh, not a glamorous sector, it's in link with you know, all these 3D jobs, you know? you know, dirty, dangerous and difficult kind right. of job. You know? so, so the mindset has to change. There's a lot of opportunity in the agri-commodity sector. And towards this, we are also encouraging uh, youngsters to be involved. Uh. So the involvement of youngsters now, we should, should not be looking at agri-commodity sector as, as the, 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 the old way of we have been doing right. it. So now is, we're going to employ a lot of missionaries, technologies, you know, that will that will enhance productivity. Yeah? So, so hopefully uh, more youngsters uh, will uh, uh, venture into this agri-commodity sector and see it as a potential sector where they can make a decent and uh, sustainable uh, livelihood out of this sector. 
And on that right. note, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thank you, Darshan, for having me here and uh, I wish you all the best. That was Dato Ravi Mutaya, Secretary General of the Ministry of Plantation, Industries and Commodities. If you missed any part of our conversation, you can check us out on podcasts. We are available on the BFM app, bfm.my, or pretty much wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm Darshan Johan, and this has been Live and Learn, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.